0: Hello again, everyone. Big Dan Wilson with you from the studios of In Ohio Country Today. And this is your In Ohio Country Today podcast. And our guest today is Dr. Cindy Falk from Central State University. She's the program leader, agriculture and natural resources at CSU. Cindy, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing terrific. It's a beautiful day outside.
0: And let's hope it continues. Obviously, there's a A lot of issues out there with the coronavirus and I'm sure that Central State University is batting down the hatches, if you will. But more importantly, we want to talk about the future. And obviously we're going to get through this coronavirus issue and Central State University is going to be on that cutting edge of leading us through as far as extension is concerned and some of the programs that you have to offer. Before we talk about CSU Extension, we talk about agriculture and natural resources which you're a part of let's talk a little bit about yourself tell us about your background both professionally and personally
1: well um i've been at central state university for just a year so i'm i'm new to the university but i've been in ohio agriculture for over 25 years so um i actually grew up on a beef cattle farm Uh, we had a beef feedlot fed out about 1500 steers a year so my roots go in agriculture go back a long ways and I've worked for um, Certified Angus Beef when I first got out of college and then I went and worked for the pork producers and um, having a background in in livestock like that was um, very helpful for me and it has been. And then after that, I actually went to work at uh, Soil and Water Conservation. I lived in Hardin County. And I worked for the Indian Lake Watershed as well as the Hardin County Soil and Water. So learned a lot about conservation um, and agronomy. And most recently, I was at Ohio State University Extension for 18 years. So wow. um, it's been fun to go from the big extension service and now to one that's just beginning.
0: That's very exciting. Let's talk a little bit about your personal life. I know you and your husband Bob, very well, and you're doing some exciting things. You have a farm of your own, so let's talk about it.
1: That's right. That's right. We're small farmers, and for um, the last, it's, it's been over um, 15 years now, we've been raising strawberries is our main crop. So we do all the small berries. We do strawberries. We do raspberries. We do blackberries. And our newest crop is currants. And we decided after... Um, 15 years of raising them to sell at farmer's markets and different uh, retail stores to keep those berries at home and start making wine. So we opened up Folk Winery two years ago, and that's just been a lot of fun.
0: Well, it sounds like it, too. I mean, you guys are doing some wonderful things. We actually did an interview with you guys from your farm on our television show in Ohio country today. And it's nice to see how you guys are continually evolving. Tell us about the, the children in your life, too.
1: Yeah, so um we have three children and um we also raise pigs so they were very involved not only with the berry operation but uh we have a faro to finish, a uh, very small uh sow herd that we have and they've all grown and I have a daughter who works for Purdue in sports turf management. Oh, wow. I have another daughter. Yeah, it's very exciting. She graduated turf grass management, Ohio State. And um, I have another daughter who graduated from ag engineering at Ohio State. It's now out in Montana, working for the Bureau of Land Management out there. And then I have a son who's still a student there at Ohio State. So um, we have a lot of Buckeyes in the family.
0: You know, it's interesting that a lot of people don't know that, that, that turf management, you know, it's, a, it's an unusual major, but it's a, it's a major that's really taken off. That's pretty exciting.
1: It is. And they're actually looking for uh, more people to go into the major. There's a a shortage of uh, people in the field. And so a lot of these stadiums and different athletic centers are really looking for people that know how to grow grass because it really is growing a crop. It's just, instead of harvesting the crop, everybody plays on it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it means uh, so much to have that resource, if you will, in our parks, as well as our recreational areas. So, A very exciting future for your family, and and it's uh, nice that you could share that with us. You know, Cindy, you have an incredible background when it comes to agriculture, both personally and professionally, and that mixed in with your communication and marketing skills over so many years. Let's talk about how that plays into your role there at Central State University. Well,
1: a lot of my background has been taking scientific information and making it applicable for people to use on their farms and their businesses. So, um, at Ohio state, I worked for the pesticide safety program and a lot of my focus was developing materials for farmers and then anyone else in the uh, field, such as turf grass management, uh, industrial vegetation, but they needed to understand the concepts of plant growth the concepts of integrated pest management. And so a lot of my work was making sure that all of the research information we had could be translated in a way that was useful for people, whether it was on their job, uh, for their farm or for their business. And so as I've uh, transitioned over to central state, a lot of those things that I've learned from that have been very useful because there's so much interest that people have into getting back to farming learning about farming and wanting to be in agriculture. And so they don't have that wealth of knowledge within their families. And so a lot of them are taking it upon themselves to start learning. And so being able to translate a lot of that scientific research information we have and making it applicable to where people are um, is something I really enjoy doing.
0: You know, when you just discussed the fact that there are people that are involved in these programs that really have no idea well they might have a little bit of an idea of what happens on the farm and what the ag industry is all about but it seems like a lot of what you have to do is not only educate and keep our current agricultural community abreast of what's happening and those who want to serve in that community in the future but also those individuals whether they're living in the city or even in the rural areas that really have no idea about what's happening, uh, on the farm that, and, and I, I'm sure that's kind of a, a little bit of a challenge as well as, uh, an exciting part of your job.
1: It is exciting because a lot of these folks have a real passion for agriculture. They really want to enjoy it and, um, they want to understand it. And so, um, myself coming from an agricultural background and my husband and I farming, we have a lot of knowledge that you don't realize that other people don't possess. And so it is a challenge as somebody looks to uh, start uh, farming, for example, working with people that are putting in a high tunnel in an urban area. Well, there's a lot of things that go into growing plants. And if you've not grown them on a larger scale like that, that can be challenging. you know, the amount of water that you need, the, to watch the temperatures, to know the seasonality of certain plants doing well, better in cool weather versus other plants that do better in the very hot days of July. So all those institutional knowledge things, um, are things that we want to make accessible to people because it's not because they, uh, don't want to know about farming that they don't know about it, it's just. No one's had the time to teach them or they haven't had the resources available to them. And so that's the exciting thing is how can we take this information and pass it to other people who really have a passion for agriculture? They just want to get started in it.
0: And and we're finding out through our television show, we've been on the air for 15 years this year and through the various other types of media that we work with, whether it's social media or our podcasts like these, even traditional media like radio and newspaper, that there is a tremendous need by the general public out there to really know about their food quality, to know where their food comes from, to know how it's made. And a lot of what you're doing seems to help you know, cross the Ts and dot the I's and try to advance the the positive things that are happening in agriculture.
1: It is. And any time that we can um, help people I like to call it get their hands dirty, the more appreciative <laughs> like they that. are of like people. <laughs>
0: I like that. Boots yeah. on the ground, get their hands in the dirt. I love it.
1: That's right. And and that way they have a better appreciation of people that do that as they're living, because a lot of times, um, I think it was Dwight Eisenhower um, who had the quote that, uh, farming looks easy when you're a thousand miles away and you're only plowing with a pencil.
0: <laughs> right on. That's great.
1: So, so yes, anything we can do to, to help get them actually out, in the soil, working the soil, actually working with animals. I think they have a a greater appreciation for what people do. And then that that also um, helps them understand where the food is coming from and how things like natural disasters and different things will affect what farmers are able to do.
0: You know, that's something that you just hit the nail on the head, natural disasters. We went through a period last year where that excessive rainfall wreaked havoc On the uh, farms here in northwest Ohio and other parts of the state as well, some parts of the states fared rather uh, normal, if you will, and then some above normal. So the inconsistencies that are involved in everything from not only the weather, but commodity prices, um, it's got it's got to be it's got to be tough to try to stay on top of that from an education standpoint with both farmers and non-farmers.
1: Um, it is, but um, we are in such an information age, and a lot of it is just helping people find the right sources and finding the resources that are trustworthy and I think oh, that's that
0: is, the that, is the, that is the key word right there <laughs> trustworthy I mean it's because there is so much misinformation out there isn't there Cindy
1: there is and I think that's the one um, reason why extension started and what makes special is we're that unbiased third party where we do research, but we're not trying to sell a product to anybody. So when people look at our resources, it's because we have the research to back it up, we're not trying to sell a product. We don't make any money off of any certain products or, you know, you buy this seed or that seed, we're just giving information. And I think that's the uniqueness about extension across the country that we provide for people.
0: That, that is a terrific point. You know, that's something that um, is, needs to be stressed and is an important part, an important factor of what colleges and universities such as Central State University are trying to do. You know, it's not a money-making game out there because it's a serious part of our livelihood. It is a it is the essence of our existence. Is the food and fiber that we take in every day. So we need to protect it. We need to do the right thing. And what you're doing there at Central State University is an integral part of that.
1: And I think um, the excitement that I see on campus, because this year we will have our first group of graduates um, in our agriculture majors. And we're so excited when they are going to be able to go out and start working in agriculture. We're really looking forward to to having them out there in the industry.
0: That is exciting. Well, we'll be back. We're going to take a little time out. We're going to come back and talk about uh, we're going to break down the. Department of Agriculture and Natural Resources that you work with. We're on the phone right now with Cindy Falk. Dr. Falk is the program leader in agriculture and natural resources at Central State University. We're going to take a time out. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the In Ohio Country Today podcast on In Ohio Country Today. Check us out on the web at inohiocountry.com. That's inohiocountry.com.
1: Our job as an 1890 land-grant institution is to take the research that we do here on campus and then make it applicable to the real world.
2: That includes outreach to the state through Central State University Extension. Our Extension staff, including our program leaders and county educators, deliver science and community-based educational programs and services to our Ohio citizens. And we want to be relevant with the services we provide. And we certainly will not grow our industry grow our population or even produce food without continuous supply of fresh clean drinking water and and the water for other purposes so there's bright future for water research for water education and for water resources management it really requires multiple disciplines working together our international center for water resources management is also an 1890 land-grant center of excellence for water quality. Students in our center are working on controlling algal blooms in Lake Erie, they're also working on managing water resources for Ohio's oil and gas industry, and they're investigating greenhouse gases in our air from traffic pollution. Central state students cannot wait to solve water problems that their communities have experienced recently Our graduates serve municipalities, process industry, and agriculture globally. We have to keep this industry successful. We need to sustain this precious resource both in quantity
1: and quality. Just like our world is changing, so is our industry. Preparing students to adapt to those changes in technology, culture, and our global environment is at the heart of Central States' mission. I firmly believe that our students will use their new education to grow into the leaders and educators of the next generation. They're going to play a huge role in making sure that Ohio remains competitive and relevant in our industry.
2: All of our programs are designed to give tools to citizens that empower their lives and make a difference. That's what I really like about working at Central State University. It's an opportunity to be a public servant, but it also gives us the chance to see that service pays dividends for other people. That to me is an important part of doing this job. Public service is a critical part of being a land grant university.
0: Welcome back to an Ohio Country Today podcast. And we're on the phone right now with Dr. Cindy Falk. She's the program leader, agriculture and natural resources at Central State University. Cindy, thanks for joining us.
1: Well, I'm happy to be here today.
0: Well, in this second half, let's break down that program that you're involved in. Of course, your focus is on small urban farming, wetlands development, community aquaculture and agriculture education. Let's let's talk about what you do and and how those Areas play into your uh, daily work there at Central State University?
1: Well, a lot of our focus at at Central State is how can we help uh, farmers who um, may have small farms or farmers who may be socially disadvantaged? And what we mean by that is um, in a lot of areas, there's been... um, Farmers who maybe didn't have as much access to services as what uh, they could have had, they might be new to the area or they might be taking over farms that they're not familiar with. And so anything that we can do to work with folks who maybe need just a a helping hand to help them get started in their farming operation or to make their farming operation more efficient, Uh, we do work with um, veterans also and looking for ways that we can get people involved in farming who maybe haven't thought about being in farming before. And in addition to the urban farms, we also have a focus on rural farms. So one of the areas that we focus on is um, areas with high poverty rates. What are some ways that we can bring farming into those areas Um, and then also address some of the health issues that might be in the areas and ways that we can also work with youth in those areas. So um, we're more than just in the urban areas. We're also looking at at rural areas. And as um, we're getting ready to hire more personnel, and as we hire those, we're looking for areas in Ohio that they can um, be active in so that we can reach as many Ohioans as we can.
0: You know, you're absolutely right. There is a tremendous need for more of this information and education in Appalachian, Ohio, as well as those micro urban farms here in Ohio it's nice to see that there's a concerted effort to try to get into the city and help trying to build those opportunities whether it's through you know hydroponics and uh, we've seen we've seen a lot of different unique farming things that are happening in the city the rooftop farms and and those types of things and it, that's got to be pretty exciting too because it it kind of re-energizes reenergizes Everybody's experience with farming
1: um it, it really is, and you know any place that you farm there's always challenges, and so um one of the challenges that we have in some of the urban areas is um, contaminated soils, or we're working with hardscapes, for example, um, if a factory was in a in an area before and the factory building has been torn down right. oftentimes they'll leave the asphalt parking lot. And so you're talking about acres of asphalt that used to be a parking lot. That's really not usable. And, um, so some of the high tunnel areas that we work with, that's where they go. Um, we're also working with aquaponics, which is a system that takes aquaculture and hydroponics and combines them together. So you have both your produce and your protein in one system. And so really looking at things, um, so that we want to make sure that these are farmers. So like with any farm, you need to be profitable, you need to be sustainable. And so things that we can do to work with them, to make that farm be sustainable because, um, sustainability, it includes, um, being stewardships of the environment and, um, having a quality life. But as we know, any farm needs to be profitable. And so those are the things that we focus on as we work with farmers is how can we help them be profitable to help make that farm sustainable.
0: You know, you talk about profitability. It's all about the inputs. So when you get into those disadvantaged areas that you're talking about, the socially disadvantaged areas, or maybe some area like you mentioned that is more of a hardscape that is uh, leftover remnants from some type of commercial or industrial property, are the, are the input costs to kind of redevelop those areas more or less or about the same as somebody picking out, you know, 15, 20 acres uh, of rural land to develop some type of uh, agricultural business?
1: Um, you know, as with everything, it's hard to compare apples to oranges, and so a lot of things are different. But some of the challenges that they face um, in a situation like that is if I'm um, having uh, an operation that I have um, in a rural area, more than likely I have a well. In these areas, they may be paying for city water or needing um, or wow. needing access to water. And so those things become costs that normally you wouldn't have in a rural area, but in an urban area, you're having to take on those costs. And so those are the type of things that, um, You know, I'm always impressed by the ingenuity of farmers, whether they're farmers that are farming 5,000 acres or farmers that are doing an intensive five-acre lot. And the ingenuity of trying to find resources such as rainfall, cisterns, and, and solar power just to try to cut their costs to make it more sustainable, I'm always impressed by what farmers come up with.
0: Are you seeing yourself as somewhat of a liaison, if you will, between those potential farmers in the social socially disadvantaged areas and those cities to, to try to find some kind of a, a partnership that they can work with because a lot of cities will offer incentives to new businesses that come in. They'll offer incentives to commercial businesses, whether it's in the form of tax credits or other types of uh, utility credits, if you will so that they could come in and start their business. Do you see yourself or do you see the university being involved in in those partnerships?
1: Yes, we're very involved with the, the different um, local governments that we work with because uh, one of the things that's unique uh, for an urban farmer is the zoning requirements where if I'm in an agricultural area, um, you know, I might not have it zoned that I can't have livestock in this area. So if we have an urban situation and they're wanting to have um, um, laying hens, well, there might be the obstacle that there's no livestock that's able to be within the city limits. And so what are some ways that we can get around that? Or maybe they might not want the high tunnels because it's not zoned agricultural, it's supposed to be residential, consider that non-residential. So there are some things that need to be worked out, but what we're seeing is that the Um, local governments are recognizing that, um, when you have a food desert where there's not a lot of, um, accessible food for people that don't have transportation, having small farmers provides a place that people can go locally to get local products. And so a lot of them are willing to work with us and it's, a lot of it is connecting the dots and, and helping, um everyone see what the benefits are um, to to having some of those farms there.
0: So in the the long term, do you see this as something that uh, we can get cities and urban areas to rally behind and support financially, uh, as well as state and federal funds to be able to do that?
1: Well, we have here in Ohio where some federal funds have been made available for um, high tunnel development. Um, There's a program that was started in Cleveland that's now being expanded to Cincinnati. And this is a program uh, with low interest loan availability to groups who want to put up some high tunnels. And so, through some federal funds. They're able to get the low interest loans because sometimes um capital isn't easily accessible for some of these groups. And so um, a program like this where they're able to access some capital to start the farm is very exciting. And I think we're going to see um, some of those type of programs expand to other cities in ohio.
0: let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about another area in the agriculture natural resources program that you're involved in. And that's agriculture education. One of the things that we expressed a little bit here and talked a little bit about was the focus of the university to work with small farms and especially the socially disadvantaged areas. Uh, There seems to be some success that you've been experiencing with ag education in the rural or urban cities in environments that don't normally have 4h programs for our our youth and uh, some of the some of the content some of the uh, response has been pretty positive so far
1: it has because um, so central state um, with our 4h youth development we do a lot of school enrichment programs um, the populations that we work with 10 um to not always have transportation to be accessible, to go to meetings and to go to events, but they're able to get a transportation to school. And we find that a lot of teachers, if the um, curriculum that the state has, that they're teaching at the schools, if we can address some of the topics um, that they need to cover with the classes in an agricultural sense, then um, they're more willing to teach it in the classroom. And they're also excited because just like we have people becoming more passionate about farming and wanting to know where their food's coming from, that's teachers also and parents of children. And so we found a real interest in learning more about agriculture and incorporating it into school gardens. And, uh, we have a program where it's called a a tower garden and it's a hydroponic system that can be in a classroom. And so the students will be actually growing uh lettuce in their classroom, and wow. so it's just a wonderful, wow. yeah, it's great, and it's a wonderful example to help them see where the food comes from and not just see it but enjoy it so they kind of get the fruits of their labor
0: you know that's that's exciting we We see the development of four h and and possibly f f a in urban areas where students haven't had that opportunity. We've had the pleasure of interviewing. Uh, graduate uh, she probably now just uh, graduated this past year uh, from Central State University uh, when we were doing some stories from the Ohio Soybean Council uh, at Farm Science Review. And while we were there at their location at Farm Science Review, we talked about programs like Grow Next Gen. So we could talk a little bit about, you know, getting those graduate students out there and telling the good story, but it's it's got to be, a little bit of a challenge, but it's nice to see that you have commodities and partnerships with people like the Ohio Soybean Council to make it happen.
1: It really does. And, and we hope as um, as um, our 4-H program and um, our Ag and Natural Resources and other parts of Extension grow um, in these areas that maybe not have experienced a lot of um, agricultural education, that will light that fire Um for somebody um, who will want to have agriculture as part of their career. And as we know, agriculture is the largest industry in Ohio, and Ohio needs people who understand agriculture to work in in, in that industry. So we're hoping that this will help bring in a whole new group of people who are passionate about agriculture, who want to learn more, and then they want to graduate and contribute toward agriculture as an industry.
0: You know, it's really exciting what you guys are doing there at Central State University and developing and improving agriculture as a whole with your majors down there. And communication, which is your background, marketing, which is your background, incorporating those two into the future of what Central State University will have to offer is an important function. And I think that's something that means a lot to you, doesn't it?
1: It really does. And that's one of the reasons why um, I came to Central State because I really saw it as an opportunity to help um, get things going and and to get things moving. And one of the most exciting things that that I have is I get to work so closely with farmers. And and as an extension service, Central State is pretty small. But the nice thing is um, our smallness enables us to be able to work um, very closely with, with farmers on a one-to-one uh, basis. Um, when I was a little girl growing up, my grandfather actually was an extension um, educator Oh wow! Uh, for agriculture. And as a little girl, I used to ride around with him quite a bit. And, um, his car was packed with papers because he carried every fact sheet extension had in his car. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, we, so didn't have, he, we didn't have computers back then. Yeah.
1: No, there was no, no no internet to look it up on. And anytime <laughs> we stopped to see a farmer, he'd want to leave a fact sheet behind to um, cover something that he had discussed one-on-one with that farmer. And so for me, Central State is that opportunity to work one-on-one with the farmers and really help identify you know, that, that, that challenge that they're facing at their farm. What information can we give them? Um, you know, to to overcome that obstacle and then make their farm more successful.
0: You know, what's important to point out is, although we talk about this as being somewhat new for Central State University, this this new voice that Central State University will have as far as agriculture and the development of agriculture here in the state of Ohio isn't really new. It's an 1890 land grant institution. And I think that's important to point out.
1: It is um because of the eighteen ninety land grants central state is the newest um but the concept is um well developed and we're excited to be able to to bring that um, focus on um you know minority and uh socially disadvantaged and, and veteran farmers that um we can help them to be successful and and that's the cool thing about the eighteen ninety um network that we have and it's exciting that uh, we have other colleagues in other states that have kind of pioneered ways that we can work together and and accomplish what we need to do.
0: Cindy, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, Dr. Cindy Folk has been our guest. She's the program leader, agriculture and natural resources at Central State University. Cindy, if people want more information, where can they go?
1: Well, we have a website, so it's uh, on the central state dot edu and it's a forward slash csu extension and you can also like us on facebook and check out our videos on youtube
0: once again cindy folk has been our guest cindy say hi to your husband bob for me will you
1: i'll do that thank you so much
0: (laughs) we really appreciate your sponsorship on our television show too in ohio country today and we'll be looking forward to having those feature stories on our show on a regular basis you've been listening to in ohio country today podcast and once again for more information always check us out on the web